If you're looking for the next best thing to invest in, try investing in your long-term health with Forward. Forward is intelligent medicine with a personal touch. Their doctors are dedicated to catching top killers like cancer and heart disease early, which could save you tens of thousands of dollars in the long run. So invest in a doctor that's invested in you. Visit GoForward.com to learn more about how Forward can help you manage your long-term health risks for one flat monthly fee. That's GoForward.com. It's no secret that writing can be lonely work, but does it really have to be? Whether you're full-time, part-time, or just starting out, you'll get insights into the tricks, tips, and production habits of writers from every level of the biz. From best-selling authors to those launching their first novels, you're sure to be in the company of friends as we encourage great writers to divulge and share their secrets. This is the Great Writer Share Podcast with your host, first-time dark fantasy author, Faye Trask. Hello. And welcome to episode number 66 of the Great Writer Share podcast, a podcast where every week we hijack an hour or so of time from some of the kindest and hardest working writers around today to join us on the show and discuss everything that makes them tick, roar, and bounce. My name is Faye Trask, and it is the 14th of December as of recording. If you are a new listener, welcome. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. Let's dive right into my personal update. So it's been a morning already. As I was coming in to my office, I put my coffee down on top of some wires that I did not think were going to affect me. And I was getting all situated. And I had to go turn on my printer for something. And the wire got caught around my foot, causing catastrophe. And my coffee going all over my computer, all over my wire, and all over the floor. So not only am I operating on half a cup of coffee, I am sticky. (laughs) But that's Monday for you. So in other news, I have been doing some awesome, awesome stuff behind the scenes, getting my author website ready and some reader magnets that I am excited to get out to people. Uh, There's a lot going into my book that I am bursting to tell people. I just, I can't wait for everyone to see how detailed that my book coach and I have gotten. And it's, it's great. I'm so excited. I can't say anymore because I will end up blabbing something, but just wait. I will have a website up here, I want to say within the next couple of weeks, so keep an eye out um, on my Instagram and I will post that once it is ready. Today's guest is Victoria L.K. Williams. We got to talk about how she got started in Cozy Mysteries, how the railroad inspired one of her book series, and the best way to keep plants flourishing in that crazy Florida weather. So this week we have two new patrons, Chris Kane and Samantha Frost. Welcome guys! You have joined the craziness. Before we get into the show, we wanted to remind you about our Patreon community over at www.patreon.com 
forward slash great writer share, where for as little as $1 a month, you can get involved in our behind the scenes group, benefiting from early ad-free access episodes of the show, join our private Slack channel, ask upcoming guests any of your questions, and get involved in our monthly giveaway. So if you like the idea of upping your author career and getting all of that good stuff, then one more time, that's www.patreon.com forward slash greatwritershare. And now, without any further ado, let's dive into the interview with the one and only Victoria L.K. Williams. Today's guest is the amazing Victoria L.K. Williams. Victoria L.K. Williams writes cozy mysteries with a tropical twist. Her Citrus Beach Mystery Series, Sister Station Series, Storm Voices Series, and Miss Avery Adventure Series are set in small South Florida towns with fun characters that often a dog or cat will join. Victoria can often be found writing from her South Florida home. Her two cats, Miss Marple and Fletch, often join her at the desk as each has their assigned spot, whether to supervise her writing or watch birds, we'll never know. She shares a love of gardening with her husband of 35 years, and together they have penned a gardening handbook for any Florida gardeners needing a hand to tackle the tricky condition the state often throws their way. Now an empty nester, Victoria has plenty of time to dream up her next adventures. Victoria, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited to talk to you about cozy mysteries and mysteries because growing up, I love Nancy Drew. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so will you please tell our listeners how you got started in writing? Um, when I was a preteen, I used to write a lot in school. It was a good way to get out of gym class because I could go to <laughs> the writing classes. Um, so that was my, my dastardly little deed back then. Um, but the, as an adult, um, my writing started on a dare. I was really? A, yeah, I was in a business meeting with a bunch of small um, business owners from our town. We meet once a week. And the question came up, what would you do if there was nothing in your way and you could just jump in and do it? And I don't even know where it came from. I just said, write a book and have one person read it. And that's where it started. And that group nagged and hounded me until I finally started. And it took a little over a year to write the first one. And they were every week asking, how much have you written? How much have you written? <laughs> so they were great. That's awesome. That is, that's definitely a one-of-a-kind story. I've never heard someone doing something on a dare like that. <laughs> and I'm not a person that takes dares, so it took oh, me by surprise, too. <laughs> that's even better. So because it happened on a dare, what drew you to Cozy Mysteries? Because it's what I read. It's what I love. Um, okay. It just was a natural progression. Also, the fact that they're clean. I knew that the one person that would probably read it would be my mother. So I wanted to make sure I wouldn't be embarrassed or even worse <laughs> if my father ever read it. Oh, yes. So, uh, yeah. And I know my, that my, feeling. Both my parents are great readers. So I knew it had to intrigue them and keep 
twisting to keep their attention or they would let me know. Nice. Very nice. So being a mystery writer, there's so many twists and turns and red herrings, important clues. Where where do you start your writing? Do you start right at the beginning and just go from there? Or do you start at the end, the the middle? I start at the beginning and I do, I'm pretty linear as I go. Um, but I'm, I vary. I'm not, I'm a plotter, but I'm not afraid to pants. So if something, if the characters are doing something and it just goes off in a different direction, I let it go and see what develops. Uh, red herrings, I get that just from listening to conversations or seeing things that's going on around me and then it'll click and say, oh, that's great. That's got to be in there somewhere. Um, and then there's always the um, kill your darlings Ooh, method, yeah. which um, you don't necessarily have to kill them, but you can always throw them something so out of left field that they've got to regroup. Nice. I like that. That's that's always the best is when you're like, how is this character going to handle this? Yeah. What's the worst you can throw at, at them and see what happens? Yes. Do you often know the outcome beforehand? I have it plotted, but I don't think I've ever had it end the way I plan. Oh, that's nice. I, I like that, especially when you're writing it and it twists and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it's and there's been times when I the first couple of books, I did not know how they were going to end. And they went so far away from what I thought it was going to be that it surprised me. Wow, that's that's awesome. I just reading like growing up with uh, Nancy Drew and like Sherlock Holmes. Those are some of the best things because you think you've solved it. And then by the end of the book, you're like, wait, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. I thought I had didn't it. see that coming. That's so, the best compliment you can get. Yeah. Those are awesome. So your sister station series is, it, it caught my attention because I believe you have family that has worked on the railroad. Is that how that started? Yes, this, that's the only series that isn't set in the South. Um, I grew up in New York okay. in the uh, Niagara Falls area. My father, my grandfather, and two of my uncles were all railroad men. And I wrote the book when my father passed. It was kind of a way of just kind of remembering and just getting all my emotions out. It's totally fictional. It's girly. It's got a Christian vibe to it. It's um, very, you know, chick lick type of thing. And I wrote the first two books and then I felt I was done with it. And I've had a number of people ask for me to come back with it. So I am planning to do a second series based on Sister Station, um, but more mystery. Nice. I, I'm definitely planning on picking up a copy of that myself because my dad worked on the railroad for 35 plus years. And oh, wow. I've, I've heard so many stories and he constantly tells me you should write a railroad story. And I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my, my dad never really talked much about it. I found out things after he passed 
And I had vague memories of my grandfather coming to the door and saying, we're taking the girl. That's how he always referred to me because I was <laughs> one girl out of all these boys. Oh, and wow. um, he would take me over to the station and I'd get to ride the caboose. Um, nice. They're very vague memories because I was quite young, but mm -hmm. uh, they're happy memories. That's awesome. I never got to go see the actual trains like in the terminal or anything like mm -hmm. that the only time that I rode a train was if we were going down to Boston because I live in Maine so I know all about the cold rare roads <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't miss that yeah the one thing they haven't figured out is heat on those things which is vital <laughs> <laughs> even to this day like I can only ride the train in the summer <laughs> yeah, I can't so imagine chilly. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you, you have six different series. They, they all look so good. <laughs> you even have a gardening book. How, how did you guys figure that out? Like you and your husband, how did you come up with the idea the, to write a gardening book? And The gardening book is almost 100% my husband. I can't write nonfiction. I really? Just, it's very dry. I get bored with it. Yeah. He loves facts and he loves research. And for him to get involved in that was great. All I did was kind of come behind him and say, uh, this doesn't make sense, or maybe you ought to try it this way. And then I did the formatting and, and just kind of did that part of it for him. Um, and it's, it's not something he loves doing. He did it more because he needed something to do. And it was something our customers were asking for. So okay. that's how that all developed. Okay. And there are there any little tricks that you've learned living in Florida and trying to garden down there? Consistency. You have to be consistent with your watering, your fertilizing, your trimming. Um, things happen fast down here because it's so warm. Mm -hmm. Bugs pop up overnight. Um, things can go dry in a strong wind. So it's, it's definitely consistency. I know my, my mom's constantly, cause she lives down there and she's like, look at what I grew. And I'm like, how do you do that? <laughs> I can't even do that up here. <laughs> well, it does grow fast. <laughs> yes. I have noticed that she's got some lovely, I think some dragon fruit plants and like an orange tree or something. And uh -huh. I don't know, she, she's killing it with gardening down there. <laughs> So I've noticed on your page that you have a first in the series collection. And I absolutely love this idea because I feel like it's so unique. I have not seen, I don't think I've seen it anywhere. What kind of gave you that idea? I just, I wanted to entice people to, to go beyond Citrus Beach and discover my other books. My Citrus Beach, the first in, first in the series, is free. So I get a lot of downloads and I do get some good follow through on reading. But some of the other series, just unless I'm promoting them, they just kind of lag. So I thought that might be a good idea to try that. And I also just, um, this year I did a um, Christmas cozy collection. And each of my series has a Christmas book in it or a Christmas-themed mystery. So I combined four of them into a box set. That's awesome. I, I did see that, and I 
that I saw it on your page and I'm like, this is such a good idea. (laughs) Well, when you don't have anything ready to publish and you're starting, people are starting to lose interest. You have to think of other ways to grab their attention. And that is definitely one heck of a way to do it. And you have, you have so much stuff. I love your webpage. I spent oh, like <laughs> a solid week just combing oh, my over gosh. your webpage because you have so many different things. Like you have all your books on there. You have insane gifts. Like I you got shirts, sweatshirts, bags, you got pillows. I mean, <laughs> I, I love all this stuff. And of course, Christmas is coming right up. So uh-huh. there's plenty of time to check this out. You've got beach themed, you've got gardening themed, pets, holiday. I'm just, I'm baffled because there's <laughs> so much good stuff. The designs are incredible. Oh, thank you. What, what made you kind of think of doing something different? Like I don't see a lot of people that have tote bags or magnets because I love knickknacks and gizmos and I'd love to have mugs that are regarding writing or I just think it's fun. I haven't really done anything specific to my series, but I've tried to think of things that I like and then that's how I designed it. Because nice. I figured most of my readers should like the same things that I like. Yes. Have you reached out to any of your readers for possible ideas for book merchandise? I haven't. I have um, put the book merchandise in my newsletter and um, I've gotten some nice response from that. But um, no, it's kind of, it's just a side. It was just something to try. It's done better than I thought it would. Um, And it, I don't add a lot to it because it's through Teespring. So it's, pretty much evergreen I can change it as I want to yep that's Teespring is is a good company I I like it a lot oh I'm sorry you're seeing a tail in the (laughs) (laughs) nope that's all right I actually have my dog laying behind me so if you see a random head pop up it's just him (laughs) I have have the babysitter on but she's ignoring it (laughs) Uh, I turn YouTube on and they have videos for cats and like both cats will sit on the couch and watch the videos. And that way I get some office space. (laughs) There you go. So you also have a blog that's going strong. Could you tell the listeners a little bit about that? Oh, I I actually have two of them. Um, One is, is gardening. The other one is I'm doing interviews with authors and I'm having so much fun with it because I'm learning so much about the other authors, not only in my niche, but um, just right now we're doing a series of um, holiday writers. So, you know, people that have written holiday books and then um, I'm hoping to do the next one on I'd like to do writers out of the United States get exposure, you know, let, let the U S people see how other writers write. So yes. it's been, it's really been fun. Yes. I, I feel the same way because I feel like there needs to be more intercontinental I agree. Uh, reading. My, my wonderful co-hosts are all from the UK. <laughs> <laughs> so I I'm constantly getting UK authors and finding UK 
books and all that, but mm-hmm. we need we need to cross that platform a lot. <laughs> and the second blog is a gardening blog. And what I've done to try and beef it up a little bit is um, I'm doing a series called Secrets of the Garden. And each blog post is about a different plant. And I'm doing either deadly poison plants or healthy beneficial plants. And I'm tying it into my newsletter with my readers getting a secret code to go directly to that blog and have access to it. Oh, nice. Can you tell me how to properly raise my bonsai? (laughs) (laughs) Don't let them dry out. (laughs) I had a bonsai that I got for my birthday and started as a seed and I overwatered it too much because I wasn't sure how much it needed. (laughs) Yeah. That's the biggest killer. (laughs) Yes. If you're looking for the next best thing to invest in, try investing in your long-term health with Forward. Forward is intelligent medicine with a personal touch. Their doctors are dedicated to catching top killers like cancer and heart disease early, which could save you tens of thousands of dollars in the long run. So invest in a doctor that's invested in you. Visit GoForward.com to learn more about how Forward can help you manage your long-term health risks for one flat monthly fee. That's GoForward.com. So going back to your website, because I, I seriously, I love this website so much. <laughs> wow, that's a compliment. <laughs> well, you have, I didn't know what I was doing when I put it together. You can't tell. You really can't. You did a very good job on it. You have a page that says what you're currently working on and how mm-hmm. you're adding to the series. Are you writing? Because there is a lot. Are you currently writing all these books at the same time or do you write one book and then go to the next book and then go back and edit the first book like how's your process on that I tried writing two books at a time and I was going nuts so I've I've abandoned that method it's just not not for me so I write um one book at a time and what I what I've been trying to do is write three books in a series before I go to another series Okay. So that at least I feel like I'm a little bit committed to it. Mm-hmm. And then I plan to go back and maybe once a year add to the series, one book. Of course, the idea is slow. You get excited about a new series and it, it just keeps rolling and rolling. And um, I have a, a great girl that um, does my covers. Actually, I have two girls that do my covers for me. And um, I just, if I get an idea or I see a pre-made, I just go ahead and buy the covers and I'll write the story around the covers. Nice. I like that a lot. Now you have, you have cozy mysteries and you actually have a paranormal cozy mystery. How did, how did you deviate from the cozy mystery into a paranormal kind of world? Um, I read, like I said, I read a lot of cozies and the, the witchy cozies are really popular. I'm not into witches. I like reading about them, but I don't think I could write about them without going really crazy. But I am very much a naturalist. So mine tend to be like the storm voices is um, the paranormal element is a fairy. And the fact that the main character was hit by lightning and she can now hear a killer's voice in her head. And she was saved by the lightning strike by a fairy kiss and that's how the fairy comes into it and the powers of the fairy kiss gave her 
Um, the other one, of course, I live close to the ocean and I could sit for hours and just watch from the river the dolphins. So um, the second element, which I'm writing the final book in the six book series. I'm so excited to do it. And um, this one is about mermaids and sea Ooh. witches. And I don't know where it came from, but I, I really love this series. That's awesome. That I love mermaids. So that's definitely on my, my list now. <laughs> <laughs> it, this series is the first time that I've actually planned a complete series and have, I'm now in the final book and I've got to wrap it all up. So yep. I'm real nervous that I don't miss anything or leave any loopholes. So I'm being very careful. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely the way to do it. Absolutely. You don't want to leave any stone unturned, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Which, which mystery writers kind of inspired you to pick up Cozy Mysteries? Oh, gosh, there's so many of them. Um, Kathy Daly. Uh, gosh, I'm drawing blanks. Probably the one, and she doesn't write cozy mysteries, but her style is so overwhelming, is Nora Roberts. Her oh, romantic okay. suspense. I mean, and you can, if you take out all the, the sexy parts and um, tone down a little bit of the language, it would be a cozy mystery. Um, oh, nice. So I... It's definitely, she is my motto. I mean, I could follow her anywhere and, and just love what she writes. That's and so of course, great. Of course, you know, Agatha Christie. I mean, there's, oh, there's yes. your, your, your queen of, of cozy mysteries. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like, I I haven't picked up a Agatha Christie book per se, but there was an episode of Doctor Who that they met Agatha Christie and That's I instantly fun. fell in love with her. So <laughs> I haven't seen it when I have to look for it. Oh, it's a good one, especially because it has David Tennant in it and he's just a goofball. <laughs> <laughs> How do you strike the balance between the intrigue and the cozy aspect? Oh, I haven't thought of it that way. I just write it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that works. <laughs> <laughs> I think because um, I keep it small town. And in my mind, if something bad, like a murder or something happens in a small town, a lot of people are involved trying to find out what happened to make the town safe again. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of always in the back of my mind. How can the main character solve the mystery without disrupting her life in the cozy world. Okay. Has, because Florida is like famous for Florida man does something crazy. Has any of those <laughs> helped you write mysteries or just kooky characters? Oh, I have some kooky characters. Yes. Um, most of what I see, I just kind of stuff in a, in a um, folder mm -hmm. and hopefully I'll use it. What I did do that's Florida related, and especially in the Citrus Beach Mysteries, um, a natural element of Florida is what saves the heroine rather than the man coming in and saving her. Um, for one, she, um, do you know what a fire ant is? Yep. 
<laughs> yep. The big mounds of fire ants that grow that are along the sides of the roads and the, and the beach sand. Um, in one, she ha- has the killer in front of her and she keeps stepping back, making him walk forward until he's standing in the middle of a fire ant pit. And then she makes her getaway. So oh, that's, that's what I try to do is something with a natural element that is unique to Florida into the books. That is awesome. That's the best way to like get revenge on someone without them realizing what's going on. <laughs> yeah, because the bite goes on forever. <laughs> oh, those are the worst too. Whew. What in your opinion makes a cozy different from a more gritty variation of mystery novels? Um, well, the biggest thing is that they they're I don't want to say wholesome but they are clean. There's, there's no swearing. The sex is behind the door. There's usually a little bit of a romantic twist to it. Um, Usually a pet or some kind of a craft or a hobby is thrown in. So it's very, um, it's low key, I guess is the best way to put it compared to a thriller. That's awesome. And correct me if I'm wrong, you can still throw in some I'm lacking words here because uh, gritty is written in front of my face. So I just want to use gritty, <laughs> but you can still add in a few of those darker elements without losing the most definitely. I mean, yeah, you can describe the murder as long as you don't go gory. Right. Um, I have one where she was killed by a hat pin stuck into the main vein of her neck. So, you know, I described it. I I didn't say anything about blood dripping and all of that stuff, but I made the reader aware of how she died and the fact that it was different and that that was a clue. So I think with Cozy Mysteries, you're more aware of each clue having to be um, substantial and tie in somehow versus a thriller. They'd like to lead you around and mislead you more and scare the the Jesus out of you. (laughs) Yes. Those are the best. (laughs) I I personally love the, you're trying to find the killer and the killer turns out to be the main character's best friend or something like that. Some crazy twist. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Because then they have a real conflict with them. (laughs) So I have two final questions before we get into the rapid fire round uh one is a question i personally love to ask and the other is our great writer share notorious question so with this question there is the question itself but there is a catch are you ready i'm ready (laughs) what advice do you have for new writers like myself the catch is you can't say right have patience. Oh, I love it. Um, and I am the worst offender of not having patience. My first book, oh my God, it was such a disaster. I was in such a hurry to get it done. I was so proud of having finished it. I paid some Yahoo on Fiverr to do the editing. And it was it was really, really bad. <laughs> There's no if, ands, or buts about it. Um, that book has been edited three different times before I finally found an editor that I trusted and that was, you know, helping me positively. 
I generally don't have problems with um, the movement of the book or the, the theme, the way it's moving. My editing comes in grammar <laughs> and spelling. I'm bad at both, and I will openly admit it. Um, but if you have the patience and you're willing to wait and take your time and do it right, it's going to be so much easier than having to go back and redo it. Um, and patience also, I mean, I'm not a big salesperson. I don't have a huge income from my books. I've got a big backlist though. And when I retire, that's what I'm planning on pushing. Um, so I'm patiently waiting for that day and adding to my backlist and um, watching what goes on in the industry. Um, I'm not one to jump right into something until I let other people figure it out and make sure it works right. Nice. I like that. I like that a lot because I, I know I'm borderline patient. Sometimes I can't be, sometimes I can be. <laughs> I had a, an older man who was our boss when we lived down in South Florida and he used to, because obviously I had a problem with patience. He used to tell me, when are you going to have the time to go back and fix something if you haven't done it right the first time? Yep. So, yeah. yeah absolutely. And now for the main great writer share question that I love so much. Why do you, Victoria L.K. Williams, write? Oh, gosh. Um the stories are there and they have to come out. Um, I just, I'm not happy unless I'm writing. And as I get more and more into the writing, I'm finding that's really true. When I was younger and I had a little kid running around the house and doing all the parenting stuff and trying to run a business, there wasn't time for it to really enjoy it. But now I do enjoy it and I have a wild imagination and I dream vividly. So I've got to get those things out onto paper so that I can move on to the next thing. That's great. I love that. And it's so true. So I have, we have this wonderful thing on the Great Writer Share, which I'm sure you know very well. <laughs> Our wonderful 10 rapid fire questions. They require... Hopefully minimal thinking, just first thing that comes to your mind. Because Christmas is so close, I have mostly Christmas-themed questions. Oh, great. My favorite time of year. All right. So are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Important clue or red herring? Red herring. Nancy Drew or Sherlock Holmes? Nancy Drew. Thanksgiving or Christmas? Uh, Christmas. Favorite holiday song? Oh, come all you faithful. Real or fake Christmas tree? Um, fake. I don't believe in cutting down a tree just to decorate it. I know they're grown to be, they're, they're a commodity. They're grown to be a product, but it just breaks my heart to cut it down a tree for three weeks and then toss it to the road. All right. Open one gift on Christmas Eve or all gifts on Christmas morning? Oh, I told you I was impatient. One gift on Christmas Eve. I like it. Dinner theater or musical theater? Um, dinner theater if it's a mystery themed. Ooh, very nice. But I do love musicals too. 
What is one Christmas gift you always wanted but never received? Um, geez, at my age, that's kind of hard to say. <laughs> um, an exotic trip. Oh, nice. Fruitcake or gingerbread men? Gingerbread men. Nice. Multicolored or plain white Christmas lights? My heart says multicolored. My husband says plain. (laughs) (laughs) If you could give the world one gift, what would it be? Self-contentment. Nice. So that's actually 11 questions, not 10. I just... (laughs) (laughs) Keep them coming. (laughs) That... The last question I had right at the top of my head this morning, I'm like, that's it. It's going in. (laughs) Yeah. I think if you're content, yeah, everything else falls into line and things don't seem to be quite as drastic as they do when you're listening to the news and everything else. I agree. And that is all the time we have. Thank you so much for, thank you so much, Victoria. (laughs) for coming on the podcast and sharing your time and knowledge with me. Where can our listeners find out about yourself and all that you're working on? The easiest way is just to go to my website and it has the links to everything there. And that is www.victorialkwilliams.com. And I will be posting that in the show notes. Great, thank you. Once again, thank you, Victoria. And thanks everyone for listening. And we will see you next week. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of the Great Writer Share podcast. Next week, Dan will be joined by best-selling author and producer of the Other Stories podcast, Luke Condor. Don't forget, you can get early access to every episode of the Great Writer Share podcast and the chance to ask any upcoming guest any of your questions by simply becoming a patron. All you need to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash greatwritershare and support the show for as little as $1 a month. One more time, that's www.patreon.com forward slash greatwritershare. Until next time. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey, y'all, this is Kenya, creative director and co-founder of Domino Sound. And this is Alexandra De Palma, executive producer and co-founder of Domino Sound. And we're a queer, disabled, Black woman-owned podcast production company and network creating authentic, inclusive, provocative content. We just launched Domino Presents, which is a new series of special audio projects. The premiere episode features the founders of Poppy Juice, the queer art collective throwing the hottest parties in New York City and around the world. We also recommend The Cheat Code, our hit 10-episode audio soap opera surrounding a love affair. Think Love and Hip Hop meets The Affair meets The Sopranos. Follow us on IG at DominoSoundCO to keep up. And listen to our shows on the ACAST app or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Domino Sound. ACAST, 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 ACAST recommends. recommends.